Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you an outstanding woman who is a leader in her field. These amazing women are role models for living your life purposes, how to be resilient, and create positive relationships. Also, how about building a successful career, and how about discovering your leadership talent? You know, if you've listened to these conversations, you know I've been interviewing these amazing women for almost a decade. I can't believe that. I love sharing their stories so much that I chose 19 of the best experts from these interviews to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life, which, of course, is available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and the business section of your area bookstores. Now, if you haven't bought yours or if you know a woman who wants to pursue her passion, this is a book for her. This week, I'm very pleased to introduce you to another outstanding leading woman. Her name is Deborah Shams. Deborah is a presentation specialist whose passion is to help women overcome their stage fright and convey their genuine personalities and their abilities. As a co-founder of Eloquy, probably didn't pronounce that correct, so you can help me with that. Eloquy, Deborah has trained thousands of executives, celebrities, and professionals at all levels of their careers. Her new book, For Women, Out Front, How Women Can Become Engaging, Memorable, and Fearless Speakers, was released in late 2016 by Ben Bella Books. So today I'm so pleased to welcome Deborah Shams to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Thank you so much for being with me today. Glad you're here. Well, good morning, Deborah. Thank you so much for being with me here, here this morning, this beautiful morning. Uh, where are you located, by the way? I'm in Calabasas, California, just well, outside of L.A. Yeah, you're just up the down the road from me. I'm in Montecito, so we're probably looking at the same beautiful day. It's not raining, but we sure exactly. Need, but it's sure beautiful and green now. Well, welcome. You know, I start these conversations with the most important thing I think that we can do as speakers and as messengers and to tell our story and to get our message out. Mm -hmm. And I think when women tell each other their stories, something profound happens. So I begin these conversations by asking the person, you, what is your story? How did you get to be the Deborah that I'm speaking to today and How did that all come about, and why do you do what you do? Boy, that's a big question. That encompasses my entire life. But I can tell you the short version Uh is that I went from producing and directing film and television to taking what I learned from the entertainment business and translating it for business professionals, which gives me great joy. And it's both men and women. But in the last, oh, eight or ten years, It concerned me how many women held themselves back, even though they were capable and articulate and really had something to say. And so that's why I wrote out front, I want to give women practical skills to speak more effectively. I want to give them confidence. And I shared my own personal journey, which I've never done before in a a publication, so they know they're not alone and that this affects everyone. Yeah, your introduction to the book talks quite a bit about your own anxiety. Of course, you know, when you talk to entertainers or you've heard heard interviews with 
celebrities and entertainers, they all talk about anxiety. Yes. Yes. Uh, If you go backstage of any good theater company, you'll see actors doing everything from throwing up to warming up their voices Uh to doing sense memory to put themselves in the moment and not let anxiety overwhelm them. I was at a summit this weekend, and I was with the. uh, They call she calls herself a dramatist, Mm -hmm. and uh, she. I mean, she she really was very excellent what she did, but she was literally going through exercises before sure. she was getting ready to uh, do her presentation and I was you know watching that and it, <laughs> and oftentimes you will talk to people and they say sometimes that anxiety really is the energy and is the glue and sometimes the most the motivation for people to really get started in in a great production in fact some say if I'm not anxious there's something wrong that's right well you want anxiety to be manageable because it means your synapses in your brain are firing. It means it's important and you're focused and it gets rid of all noise. But what happens with so many men, and especially women, is anxiety ramps up to such a state that they can't think on their feet and that it, it really is debilitating. And by the way, we all have anxiety, and so it's how do you manage it? And and for me, it's starting in low anti-environments. It's having the skills and the tools and then being committed to getting out there and speaking and making it about the audience, not about the critic in our heads. Yeah. I've worked with women, and I'm, I'm in, my whole background is women empowerment, is that women, when they see another woman who is successful mm-hmm. or who is very who appears to be very uh, confident. They think it's so easy for her, and I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. why when I ask people to tell their story, they also find out that we all pretty much tie our shoes the same way. We're all made very much the same way as far as how we approach the world. So by sharing that, it's so important. In women's leadership, we talk about using your voice, but also having a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. And this is so very, very important. And, of course, the most important thing when you're even sitting at a table is that you use your voice. So I, I think it's much greater than just the speaking, at, the public speaking. It's really the whole principle of women sharing their thoughts and their ideas, which are so profound. Well, you bring up a number of good points. First of all, we can't blame anyone else for holding us back because no. there are things within our control and things that aren't outside of our control. We, If we can't change someone else's belief systems, then what we have to do is work on what is within our control. And getting a seat at the table is great, but then you need a clear intention about right. what you want to accomplish and right. how are you going to do it. And sometimes I see women holding themselves back. They ramble. The young, younger women have uptalk in their sentences where they end every sentence like this, and or like this, and then they can't be taken seriously. Yeah, so yeah. when you have a very clear intention, when you have good, strong talking points, and when you are committed to getting your ideas across and to making good eye contact, being engaging, you're much more likely to achieve it. Absolutely. I can speak personally for my own anxiety when it comes to speaking before I do a presentation. I've got one coming up this week, you know, but... Being prepared is, is definitely the key to being to also feeling and being confident when you're once you're up there. 
Yes, Nancy, and it's not being over-prepared. I see so many women that write out, read, or memorize their presentations. Well, not only do we not have enough time to do that on a regular basis, but it makes us less effective because then you can't judge how you're coming across. You can't engage with an audience. So we always train our clients to work off an outline to have main talking points, to be able to be flexible and nimble in the moment. And you tell women that and they go, flexible? No, 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 no. I have to have it down perfectly. And yet perfection doesn't serve us. Yeah, that that Superwoman T-shirt is underneath there going, okay, all right, Uh you're going to be perfect. And there's no such thing as perfect. You know, and and I, I think you talk about something, I mean, I know you talk about something that's so very important. Because once you're up there, you also have to gauge whether you're being effective or not. That's right. And I yes. think that's the difficulty for many speakers who don't really understand their audience or, again, are uncomfortable with themselves during that presentation. Is they're, they're really not gauging that. That, you know, the audience just isn't that into them. <laughs> That's why you have a clear intention of what you want to achieve, like proving your services are critical to a client's success or an audience. That's why you can take on a role. I come from the entertainment business, and what I mean by role is go out as a seasoned veteran or go out as a facilitator. That way you're not sending Deborah or Nancy out. You're sending out that role. There are ways that I include in the book out front for how to minimize anxiety, for how to be more effective. And it's interesting to me because none of us became proficient or masterful at our professions overnight. And yet somehow women think that with public speaking or even communication that they should have been born a great speaker. Well, no one's born a great speaker. The professionals that I work with spend the time and effort to become as good in their speaking as they are in their professions. And there's a statistic that I love, that 80% of the message that we deliver is delivered non-verbally. 80%, which means if you just pay attention to your content, you're leaving out the most important thing, which is the delivery, which is the impression that you're giving. And that should also make us feel less anxious. We have to join with the speaker. This weekend, there were some amazing, uh, I I spoke this weekend also, but I mean, but there were some amazing presentations. But I mean, I I would almost call these people unbelievable storytellers because the stories that they told and the, the things that were produced in my mind, and you could tell in the audience's mind, that it was real. It was becoming real. It was becoming, it had a life of its own as they continued to speak. But, I mean, I think that's it. When I walk away and and someone has inspired me or they've made me aware of something so very valuable that that will also have something very positive in my own life or helpful in my own life that I feel that I've been enriched. Well, you bring up two good points. One, it's about storytelling. And these can't be shaggy dog rambling stories. Stories need a structure, and they need one clear message embedded in them. And anyone can learn to become a great storyteller. It isn't just these icons that we look up to. I've taught women and, and, and men, professionals, to become great storytellers. And the other thing that you said that's really fascinating is you not only were the stories relatable to you, but you pictured them, you pictured yourself in it. And and one of the, the key concepts that when we train, we teach people to use concrete language, especially their verbs. 
Active verbs mean that you work in an active way. And if the listener can picture what it is you're talking about, can play the movie in their heads, you're well on your way to convincing them. So one of the hardest things I have to do is to move people from generalities because we want to be polite and inclusive into using more specifics. The more we can picture it, the more you use concrete language, the better and closer you are to achieving your intention. Yeah. I was sitting at a table with a, a group of women. I was getting ready to do a keynote for the for the group uh, presentation. And this woman I was sitting next to, actually it was it was quite interesting because she said, you know, she said, you know, she said, I really have a hard time with people that aren't really authentic. They don't really, you know, mm-hmm. they don't come across personable. They're not very authentic. It was actually a pretty great conversation. We so stood up and I, and I made some personal examples and, and I, I looked at her several times and she was smiling. But it was, you know, what I wanted her to understand is that I agreed that she's absolutely correct. If we're not authentic, authentic and we aren't what we what we're say you know what we're talking about and we don't understand what we're talking about and we're not truly in the in the moment the audience will catch on they will catch us very very quickly and exactly but so many people don't really understand that if you you know it, it really is your style it's who you are yeah. and it's being that real self that authentic self when you step up to the step up to the, the, the podium or whatever, wherever you might be. It could be one-on-one communication. Yeah. Authenticity is difficult. It gives us credibility, but so many of us were taught to leave ourselves out of our present presentations or yeah. to do all we statements. But you're absolutely correct. We need to say what is true for us. We need to give our opinion in order to get authenticity and credibility. Now, when you do that, it also reduces your anxiety because nobody else knows what you've experienced except you do. And so that's a great safety net for women. But I love the George Burns quote. He said, acting is all about honesty, and if you can fake that, you've got it made. And it applies to speaking. When all eyes are on you, it's very difficult to be authentic and to share an I statement. I've experienced, I know, I believe. And that's why it takes practice. Yeah. Well, personally, I can't get up there unless I take myself up there, you know? Yes. (laughs) I think think that's what I've learned, you know, over over the many years is that, you know, I'm standing up there and I'm going to be accountable to me, you know? And I think that's... When we, when we truly believe, and, and, you, and you know, like, as you said, the most important thing that women have to understand is that the confidence comes with experience. What I talk with women about as far as speaking goes is that you find small opportunities right. to stand up and speak. I mean, I think that's the thing is that you don't go into a, uh, I know what you're doing is fantastic, but I'm not going to hire you unless I've got the confidence to at least get up and speak at the PTA, you know. I mean, That's right. That's, the important thing is that women just start to speak anywhere, you know, in a community. Well, at their, at once you have the skills, start to speak anywhere. Yeah. But be careful because if you have a negative experience speaking, the next time you go to speak, your memory will only remember the negative. So once you have skills and that you're successful, we say spend the time to bask in your success. 
because the positive memory will propel you going forward. That's yeah. really important for women because so many women that I coach or train will tell me, well, in third grade, the teacher said that I wasn't fill in the blank. And they've been carrying that memory since yeah. they were very young. Yeah. And so for us, it's giving women the tools to be successful, yes, in low-ante environments, and then keep ramping it up. Because if you only give a talk every few months, every morning you're going to wake up and say, oh, my God, why did I agree to do that? And maybe I can get out of it. And what you're doing is increasing your anxiety to the point that by the time that talk comes, that presentation comes, You'll either play it so safe that you'll be mediocre and it's unfortunate, or you could get out of it or you could crash and burn. And that's why this book, that's why Out Front to Me was so important, is to give women the kind of the confidence that they can do it. Because yeah. we need more women's voices, let's face it. Yeah. When women hold themselves back and don't get out there and speak and run for office or make a difference in an organization, everybody suffers. So yeah. that's why I'm on a mission. That's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm here to do. Well, your mission is wonderful because my mission also is women connecting for good, which is women supporting other people's other women's missions but also to increase women's leadership in our country. We, yes. we are 75th in the world when it comes to women leadership. Oh, we are 75th. That's um, terrible. I, I attended a uh, women's economic forum in India last spring, and there were women from 106 countries. These women have been leaders in their countries for, for many, many years. For example, mm-hmm. Indira Gandhi. Uh, Germany has a, a woman president. Ireland has a woman president. Yeah. We, New Zealand has 80% of the women go to college. And, yeah. and uh, Exactly. Well, in the United States, women are extremely educated, but it still doesn't matter. We're, not, we're still the most educated of the 55% population, which we, which we are, of the United States, but that doesn't mean we're becoming leaders. Your book is so valuable and so important and so timely because I think since the last election, women have also, since the march in Washington, D.C. and all Mm -hmm. over our country, women have been saying, hey, wait a minute, we have issues, we have to, you know, we have to be able to speak about them, unified to speak about them. So I think this is a timely period in, in women's history that, you know, we do have much to say, but we also have to have the platform and the mission and the the clarity and the tenacity and the confidence to do so. Yes, and I would add something else. Since women tend to be overprepared, because like me, I wanted to be the good girl. I didn't want to. I wanted to. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I didn't want to fail. We spend so much time that no, no wonder more women don't run for office because they yeah. think, oh my God, I'm already juggling a work, a work life and a family. But the tools that I give women will shorten their prep time. I used to agonize and spend all this time over a a keynote that I was asked to deliver. I can do it in such a short period of time now that I can take on more. And that's another thing I want to tell women is you can do it without being perfect. You can do it by being a seasoned veteran and by having an outline. You can do it when your goal is to motivate and inspire others. And that's the most important thing. The way you said to me, this is a conversation. Well, when women get up to speak or even at their PTA meeting, make it conversational. You don't have to be an expert. You don't, in fact, that hurts you. You don't have to be overly formal. We resonate with people, as you said, who we believe are authentic. And then 
<laughs> you can be authentic as long as you have the underlying bed of tools and techniques so you yeah. can call on when you need it, when an audience is hostile, when there's a question you can't answer, or somebody tries to derail your speech or your conversation and take it off in another direction. There are ways to bring it back. Yeah. You, you begin your book with extremely important women and women's history as far as using their voice, Susan, Susan B. Anthony, and then you talk about Gloria Steinem. But, again, I think the important thing also, too, is that when we have good mentors and role models, and, as well as supporters, it makes, you know, when we, when we have a team, and I think this is something that's also very important for women leadership is that yes. I, I believe, unfortunately, that a lot of these women, you know, you, we, saw, we see what happens to women who run for political office. They're denigrated. They are, they're made fun of. Their clothing, everything yes. is, is, I mean, like I said, that critical aspect. I mean, that doesn't happen in, to, to our male counterparts. They don't, you know, they didn't talk about Trump's tie or, or they didn't talk about Obama's suit or, you know, his hair. The point is, is that women have to get tougher. We have to learn something very, very important, especially when it comes to public speaking and using our voices, that we're going to be uncomfortable. We need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And that not everybody is going to like us and not everybody yes. like what we have to say. And this is something also that we've just got to get a little tougher skin. But I, I agree with much, very much of what you're saying, but I also am just pointing out, though, when we have other women that are backing us up and supporting us, you know, even in the room, if you look around a room yes. and you're doing a public speaking event or a keynote, whatever, you look for friendly faces in the uh -huh. crowd. You look for people that are nodding their heads, they're yes. supporting what you have to say, because we as women want to get liked, we want to be liked, and we want to join with other women. Yes, I'm going to go politically incorrect here. I'm going to talk about <laughs> Hillary Clinton, who I totally admire, and I followed her career. She's in the book. Yeah. And you want to talk about toughness? This is one yeah. tough woman. For yeah. years, she got up every single day, and she campaigned, and she put herself out there, and she took the the barbs and the attacks. And I have enormous, enormous respect for her. Yeah. I also wrote a column before the election, and it was published in the Huffington Post and in Psychology Today. Right. That toughness is unfortunately what also turned off a number of women right, in terms right. of voting for her. And I so wanted Hillary at some point to share that emotional side of her, yeah. to connect on a right brain, shared values and emotional yeah. part of it, because I think that would have, I know that would have turned around the election. Yeah, she right. was going by a 1950s campaign style, this right. is what you have to do, right. and she was copying male, her male counterparts. Uh, and we're uh, at a place now, Nancy, where we have to be authentic and we have to share our emotions once in a while if we want people to come on board and like us and vote for us and be part of our following. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to take back the word tough because that's not really what I meant. What I, and that was politically incorrect, the word tough. What I meant is the power to, not the power over, the power to, but that women, of course, can use that. I, I think the most important thing, you know, I have three daughters. I have seven granddaughters. Mm -hmm. you know, I've uh, been inundated with uh, estrogen ever since <laughs> I was, was a, you know, I was a tomboy. And, you know, I didn't like being a girl. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a girl. So, God, she has a 
amazing sense of humor. So, of course, I ended up with girls and then granddaughters. So, I, But they've taught me a lot, and I've learned a lot along the way. You know, I used to be tough. Now I don't, I use, I, I'm a collaborator. And, and I think this has gotten me a lot further down the road. But now what's really getting me even further is leading with the feminine. And I think this yes. is something that's key to women's success as far as leadership, is that women no longer leading, women leading as men, but women leading as women and using their feminine talents and abilities to truly get their message across. And I think when when now we stand up and we have our, our heels on and our beautiful dresses and we have our makeup and our jewelry and we're standing in front of a group and we're looking extremely lovely versus the the clothes I used to wear with the tie and the padded suit mm-hmm. and the shoulders and all the other stuff. Yes. Because that was the only way I knew how to do it and that was the only only messages that I received as to how I could do it. Well, and Nancy, every woman is different. When I sent early drafts of my book uh, of Out Front out to 30 of our colleagues and clients, it resonated most with millennials because millennials wanted the tools to advance in their careers and to make a difference while still being themselves. And so, yes, like you, in the 90s, I wore padded shoulders and my hair teased up. And I I look back and I just laugh at those pictures. Today, (laughs) we have such a variety of of women. And powerful women is a definition that has no one model connected to it. And that's what makes it wonderful in today's world. When you hear and see someone, whether it's in the comedy realm or political realm or or the business realm, and you know that they're being themselves and they're doing their best to share what they've learned with you, there's nothing better. Yeah, definitely the millennials. But again, they are showing up as themselves. And they're educated. They really do know who they are. And these young women, um, I was just recently at a conference, I mean, they... They want to. They also want to be around like-minded people who look and act like them as well. So mm-hmm. yes, I agree. They're educated. They're the smartest uh, group ever, and and they want to change the world for good. And I'm all for all of that. And and I'm all for women finding that voice to find their their role as far as leadership. That's my that is my driving purpose and passion now is to help women to use those voices to change the world for good. Then I we're believe, on the same page, and we're I partners believe, in that movement. Yeah, I believe that if, if women were in leader, leadership positions in the United States, we would not have the problems that we have. We would not I agree. have wars that we have. We would not have poverty. We would all have health. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't don't get me started, Deborah. <laughs> I, I I understand, and we we have a uh, policy in our household: don't talk about Trump anymore, because otherwise I'll just get nuts. Okay. So yeah, it's I, I, I and and so many of our women clients. We have we have a financial advisor at at one of the top companies. I won't name their name, and she's a young woman. She's in her early thirties. We taught her to become a great storyteller. She spoke at a conference recently about how about women and investing. And literally, the head of sales for the entire company came up to her and said, hey, can you teach me to do what you just did in terms of you're a really good storyteller? Yeah. The young woman was blown away. She yeah. couldn't even get a meeting with this guy, and now he's asking 
her to teach him how to tell stories. Yeah, no, it's so important. Your book is timely. And uh, again, you know, it's so important for us to find our voices and to use them effectively and, and to be good storytellers. And I, that's what I hope to continue to do is to just become a better and better storyteller. Deborah, I, I congratulate you on your new book. Uh, it's out front how women can, can become engaging, mem- memorable, and fearless speakers. And, uh, you know, I think that's so very, very important. And so how can they learn more about your book, about your services, your coaching, and all the wonderful things that you're doing to help us to find our voices and to make the world a better place? We have a website called outfront.biz, B-I-Z. There's where you can both buy the books and you can watch videos, participate in the blog, and contact me. The book is also available, Outfront is also available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And anybody that reaches out to me that has, has either read the book or wants to ask questions about our services, I'll answer every single request. I'm sure you're going to be very, very busy the next, <laughs> next year or so. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I'm also speaking at leadership conferences. There's one coming up in Oklahoma City. There's a California CPA Association in San Francisco where I'll be speaking at, uh, NABO, National Association of Women Business Owners. And if I can get the word out and I can meet and encourage other women, I'm happy. I'm actually speaking at the local chapter of NABO as a keynote for their, their awards, Bravo Awards. It's a great organization. Well, congratulations. Best wishes. Thank and, you. And Thank continued you. success in all things, especially with this book and, and helping us all to find our voice and become great storytellers. Um, one of the things that always goes on with uh, us, Women Connect for Good, and my foundation is uh, you are now a leading woman, and, we're, and hopefully you'll, you'll be a part of our community because what, what we do and what the goal is, not only the leadership, is to help you and all leading women who are doing great things in the world to, to find to be successful in their passion and their purpose. Terrific. So, so if you have other things that come up along the way that you would like for us to know and the community know, please let us know that, and we can uh, get that up on the website. But we'll That would be great because we give for women-only workshops. We give rising star workshops, and, and I will make sure to keep in touch because I think the mission that you're on is, is just, it's so needed, so necessary, and um, I'd love to be a part of it. Well, you are. You're one of our newest leading women, but you've been a leading woman for a long time. But thank you, Deborah, for everything you're doing, and many, many blessings. Thank you. Have a great you're day. You're welcome. Bye-bye.